Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Q Kind Of. Thank you for joining me. Um, if this is your first time here, hello, hi, my name is Layla and welcome to my beauty and lifestyle podcast. So if you follow me on my personal Instagram account, you would know that I'm doing the 100 day makeup challenge. And I would say like 95% of all those photos are being taken via my DSLR rather than my iPhone, which I think people might think is kind of weird. But I just think my photos come out way better. Like my face just looks better via DSLR. But I've also been getting questions about my makeup photography advice. Actually, I think I've gotten like one question in like my lifetime. However, I'm going to use that as an excuse to do this episode. Um, but... I'm going to give you my all my tips, all my tricks of makeup photography, and then also I'll talk about just makeup theory in general when it t- comes to like taking photos. So if you are going to a special event or you're just editing your photos on your phone, just some tips I would recommend and things to keep in mind to make sure you're coming out looking great. So without further ado, let's just get started. So let's just get started on equipment. So the three things that I would recommend is obviously just your iPhone or just your phone camera. Um, A lot of iPhones nowadays come with like phenomenal cameras like my iPhone 11. My friend Mahira had to show me how to use it properly because I wasn't using it properly at all. And the reason why my photos were coming out so badly was because I didn't know like how you're supposed to use the zoom function anyways it was a mess but now i know um next is of course a dslr that's what i use i use canon rebel t3i i've been using it since i was like 15 i'm 22 now and it's just a great investment for makeup photography and just for life if you want to take photos and just capture moments um but a nice medium is definitely like this one Canon camera. I don't remember what it's called, but I learned about it from Desi Perkins and she did an entire video about her makeup photography, which I learned so much from that I'm actually sharing in this video, but I would highly suggest you check out her video because she actually shows you the different tools she uses. But this camera is what a lot of vloggers use nowadays because it's small, it's compact, you get great quality videos and photos, and then also it has a viewfinder in it so you can see exactly what you're taking a photo of and I don't remember what it's exactly called but it's a nice medium between like an iPhone and a DSLR um it's small compact however it gives you like a really great quality photos um but obviously you could use any of the three and there's probably more options out there but these are just kind of some things that you can try next going into equipment so i would highly recommend a tripod for whatever means of camera you're using like there's nothing more annoying than trying to balance your camera on a top on top of a bunch of books and tables and so on and so forth it's just easier to get a tripod like when you're buying your camera you might as well get a tripod at the same time it will just save you a lot of headache later another headache relieving tool is definitely a remote so like you can actually get bluetooth remotes for your camera and even your iphone too that will take the photo for you so literally instead of having this run to your camera turn on the timer and then run back you can just click the button of this remote and it will literally set the timer off and focus the camera for you next are camera filters so when i was trying to get more into makeup photography 
Um, I was trying to buy a new lens. However, they were extremely expensive and I couldn't afford them. So then I found another option, which are lens filters. So basically you attach them to the lens you already have and you can like zoom in. Like there are like zooming magnifying filters, which help you zoom in more, which is great for very detailed makeup photography shots. Like the ones I have can magnify plus one, plus two, plus four, and plus 10, which is a lot, really great. However, like you definitely need a tripod and a remote for those because those filters really need um, a stable camera. So like you can't be holding the camera and taking the photo because it will shake too much. Uh, next are ring lights. My favorite type of light to use is definitely natural light because the photos just come out way better and look more natural. But a ring light is not a bad idea, especially if you don't have a lot of options for natural light or your natural light lighting setup needs a little bit of a boost. So I would suggest a ring light. I would suggest a ring light that you can plug in rather than batteries. Um, because rain lights take up a lot of battery power. So if you have to get one with batteries, I would highly suggest rechargeable batteries. Other things I would recommend is, especially if you're in areas where like the natural lighting isn't the greatest, um, I would definitely invest in, not even investing because these are cheap, but buying like white styrofoam boards. These are great for helping you manipulate light to work in your favor. So literally, if you just put these on the outside of the frame of your camera, these will help bring the light in more and bounce off of your face better. So like, let's say you're sitting in front of a window and the left and right side and underneath your face are shadows and you want to illuminate them. And so I would put a board to my right side, my left side, and right underneath me. And what it's going to do is it's going to help fill the light back up and get rid of those shadows. Another good option is like even aluminum foil. If you cover like the bot, like your desk area with aluminum, it will help bounce light off as well. And that kind of wraps up um, the equipment section. Like I said, you have a lot of options here and you can actually just go on Amazon and find a bunch of just random attachments or filters or like things that you can use for your DSLR, even your iPhone to get better quality photos. Like even you can buy the magnifying filters for your iPhone. Like a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but it's true. Yeah, so that's kind of a rundown of equipment. We're gonna move into apps now. So if, when it comes to apps, um, I don't use a lot. The first one I ever used was Photoshop. I don't use Photoshop a lot more. Um, the only reason I would were to use it is to use the noise option and the other filter options. But I really like the noise option on Photoshop because it gives me the option to customize it more. So it's like I can do rainbow noise, which is kind of the normal one or I can do black and white or monochromatic noise, and then I have different options on how big I want the noise to be. Um, if you don't know what noise is, it's another way to saying grain if you're familiar with photo editing apps. Um, but they also have other cool like options as well. Next, I really like Lightroom. Lightroom is great for heavy photo editing, especially if you need to like edit a lot of shadows, a lot of blacks, a lot of whites, a lot of colors for the overall photo. Also, I really like it. There's all, you can buy like a ton of like Lightroom filters and, oh no, not filters. You can buy a lot of Lightroom presets off of Etsy and also find free ones on like YouTube and Pinterest. So if you're looking to kind of get like an Instagram feed going, 
that's what I would recommend to do. Also, you have the option of adding metadata. So fun fact, whenever you take a photo, your photo will have a little file attached to it saying like literally the time it was taken on what kind of device it was taken on, but also you have the option to go in and add details to it. So like you can add your name and then you can add like a description of the photo. It's really great to, for like, if a photo ever makes it on Pinterest, people can like trace it back to you. And then also like, let's say I do a like natural makeup look. So I can write Layla underscore Q kind of underscore natural makeup. And then when people search natural makeup in Google or even like Pinterest or something, there's a higher chance of my photo popping up. So cool, right? Just something really important for like creators and like art people to keep in mind. Next, I have kind of like my face editing apps. The first one I use, and I also learned about it from Desi Perkins in the video she posted, was Enlight. And the only reason I use Enlight is for the Target application and what the target application basically does is you can target a certain area of your photo and you can basically edit the tone of it which include the exposure contrast saturation hue this is phenomenal for like amping up your highlight but then also um upping the saturation on your eyeshadow looks or like lip looks if they tend to f if they fade out a little or lose vibrancy or saturation from the camera because that happens so i really like doing that and then after saving that photo i'll go into edit like my skin more um, a lot of people like Facetune. I don't like Facetune. I think it really over processes the photo and it doesn't give you like so much control over how to how to use each of the um, what is it? What are they called? What's the word for like each of the tools? Like yeah tools. It doesn't give you a lot of control over the tools but I do like the patch tool which is used for acne. I think it lets me um it gives me a lot more control than other apps, which I really like, and it comes off, and the results come off more natural. However, what I really do use to edit my skin is the Beauty Plus app. I've been using that for like six plus years, for such a long, long time. Um, I really like, it really helps me tastefully edit all my photos, which I really, really like. Um, and what I mean by that is it doesn't go overboard. It doesn't let you go overboard when it comes to editing photos. Like for older tools, they have an auto option and then they have a manual option. I like to use the auto blur option when blurring my photos. Keep it between 20 and 30%. They come out really nice and really natural and do not, they never really go overboard. Also the acne tool. Also the acne tool, I don't use the auto acne tool because it kind of starts like going after areas that aren't acne but I like using the actual acne tool as well but I do prefer the facetune one if I really need to go in and grab certain spots but I feel like for just like one or two pimples I'll just use the beauty plus app one because it's a lot easier and then also like with that being said blur actually goes in and like really does like get rid of a lot of like the smaller acne bumps and then if there's any showing after the 
words i don't really mind i don't i don't really care at that point because i'm like if it's showing up right now after all that then that means it de it's deserving to be shown <laughs> but yeah but you can also like edit your eye brightness um your teeth you can do like spotlight and like other options which i think is really cool and i would suggest um other apps i have is obviously vsco everyone uses that i actually really like that and i do use that time to time i have analog tokyo analog paris prequel is a lot of fun like i think everyone knows for like the first 70 days of the challenge i was um using prequel filters and presets so yeah that should tell you it's a lot of fun to use and then let's say I have a photo and I don't want to do a lot of editing. I actually like the Instagram editing options. I think they do a really good job. If you're really trying not to like go through a lot of process for your photos, then the Instagram editing is not that bad. And usually I'll use it to like maybe add brightness, add some contrast and then sharpness, but then also something else. What else would I use for sharpness? and some saturation. Cool, so I covered kind of my apps and now let's just jump into like general makeup tips I have. So this goes for editorial makeup when you're taking photos, but also in general, if you're going to special events and you know a lot of photos are gonna be taken, these are just like a couple tips and tricks I would keep in mind. Okay, first things first, we gotta talk about powder, specifically translucent powder. I hate translucent powder. A lot of times it's very noticeable in flash photography when you're doing editorial makeup and i think like in general like people with lighter skin tones can get away with it but for people who have darker skin tones it's kind of noticeable actually it's really noticeable um i've heard people say the rcma colorless powder doesn't have flashback so if you're looking for an option that might be one for you but i've never tried it i kind of stay away from powders if i'm gonna use a powder i stick to my hourglass ambient lighting powders i like dim light and diffuse light both beautiful and I definitely think they're made for photography, editorial, and just like very special occasion makeup. Um, they're very expensive but like if you're doing makeup photography and you're using and you need your makeup to turn out good and you don't want to go through the nuisances of just like editing over editing them, I would actually highly suggest investing in one investing in those powders they have so many different colors to choose from and they have a bunch of different finishes so I would highly suggest you check them out um when it comes to makeup photography definitely definitely you want to be zooming in rather than getting really close to the camera um with that being said I would definitely choose a dewy look over a matte look I feel like matte looks really flat in your face and then also on top of that um if you have any dry patches or acne it's very noticeable when you're taking photos but then also like dewy looks just add a lot of vibrancy add a lot of depth and just like overall make your editorial or like makeup photography look beautiful <laughs> lashes definitely disappear on camera so i would highly suggest purchasing false eyelashes or using fake eyelashes ardell makes great ones um however i like to opt for the kiss natural ones because they're a lot lighter and don't weigh down my lid I also like a lot of Japanese and Korean fake eyelashes because the bands are a lot lighter and they're not too heavy but they do add like the special, the extra oomph and they look a lot more natural. Um, and then for specific products other than the Hourglass Ambient 
lighting powders and the eyelashes I just mentioned. I like Max Taupe Blush. It's a cool toned, it's like a cool toned purple hue blush. Um, deep purple, actually very like cool toned, cool toned muted purple hued blush. Um, I learned about it from Desi Perkins video with Sir John and he said like a lot of editorial makeup artists use it because it's a color that absorbs light. So if you blend this color around your highlight, your highlight's gonna look 10 times more poppin. So that's kind of how it works. It, the areas it surrounds, it exemplifies them because it absorbs the light around it. So it's like creates a contrast basically. Another product I recommend, and I think all editorial makeup people will tell you, the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter is so beautiful for like editorial makeup looks and makeup photography. It's just so fuss free and it adds like just an extra oomph and adds like, what's the word? Just a healthy glow to your skin that picks up on camera. And it's very fuss free because it adds pigment, it adds glow, it adds slightly some more coverage, but it doesn't go overboard and it complements the makeup really well. Especially if you're spending a lot of time just doing um like an eye look or a lip look. Your foundation and concealer is the second thought in this situation. So just having this on hand is so nice because it just is like like a couple dashes here and there, blending it in with your fingers or a brush or a sponge, and you're basically ready to go. Finally, when it comes to makeup photography, definitely I'm a fan of flash. Flash picks up the colors a lot better than natural lighting. With that being said, it's very important to note, and I think this is a really important point I need to make, but colors do matter. If you are blending like several different browns into your crease that are like different undertones, like cool, warm, and then neutral, when you take the photo, it's going to look very muddy in the photo or on camera. You're not gonna notice it in real life, but on camera, it will be noticeable, so keep that in mind. It's the same thing goes for blending different colors of different undertones like literally I have seen like foundations or concealers turn like have a greenish hue or greenish tint because the colors layered on top of each other don't aren't meant to be layered on top of each other so those are some things to keep in mind it's good to like study colors and color theory it's something I'm still learning it will help to stop you from making makeup mishaps later when you're actually taking the photo so just something to keep in mind all right, so that wraps up today's episode of Cute Kind Of. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. I hope you found it very helpful. I think I covered a lot, hopefully. But if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. You can follow me on Instagram at Cute Kind Of Podcast. And you can email me at hellocutekindof at gmail.com. And like always, all product links, things mentioned, are on the blog already at www.cutekindof.com. Like, I've been recording this episode for like two hours because I keep messing up. But I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Um, it's Sunday when I'm recording this, but it's going to be last week when you listen to it on Tuesday. But I spent the entire week doing absolutely nothing, and I loved it. So I'm going to, on Friday, I'm going to be talking about that and why I think it's so beneficial. So look forward for that. But also with that being said, this podcast is about to hit 700 downloads, which is insane. Like I was just checking it the other day. I think we're at like 191 downloads on Anchor.
tracker plus our speaker downloads, which is at like 460-ish, which makes about like 600, between 600 and 700 downloads, which is insane. Like I can't believe that many people are downloading this podcast. But with that being said, I know this podcast isn't the greatest. So knowing that people are out there still downloading it and trying to listen to it means a lot too. So thank you for those who have been listening. I love your feedback. I love talking to you guys. So if you ever want to talk to me, don't be scared. Like literally my DMs are always open. But yeah, so I'll talk to you guys all on Friday. Bye.